Hello, welcome to Kaiba Health and Life. I'm your host, Kristen Wolisinovich, and this is a very special show. I can say that out loud. A very special show featuring my dear sweet friend, Annie Tokai. Hello, darling. Hello. So you've brought some special friends here today. Uh, we have brought service. You have brought service and therapy animals. You are a nurse. Correct. I've been a nurse over 30 years. Over 30 years. And have you, for over 30 years, been working with service and therapy animals? Actually, it was about 32 years ago I started bringing small farm animals into a nursing home and sneaking them in on my shift and using them with my patients that were hard to deal with. Wow. How did you know to do that? Did you just kind of suspect to do that? Or tell me how that came to fruition. I have to be honest. I didn't plan it. Um, I actually had a piglet that I was fostering, and mm -hmm. he needed to be fed every hour and a half. So I brought him into work in a backpack, hit him under the desk, and one of the elderly ladies saw me sneaking him a bottle. Um, and when she noticed, I was having a difficult time having her take her medication. I said, well, Ethel, if you'll hold the baby and give it a bottle, I'll let you if you'll take your medication. And she said, oh, I will. It snowballed from there. I started bringing in baby goats from my farm, baby pigs from my farm. Um, the ladies not only loved it, we would revolve activities around it. If I had a goat do, we'd have a baby shower. Everyone loved it. You know, and what's so interesting to me is that data shows how these animals change lives. Exactly. So you were a pioneer, really, in bringing these animals into these nursing homes and into these hospitals because it is so therapeutic, these animals. And you knew it. You knew it. Well, we I kind of knew, um, especially with agitation. This was way back mm. in the day when yes. early onset dementia and Alzheimer's, we didn't have a lot of information about it. I noticed that with my patients directly, they calmed um, mm -hmm. The animals helped calm them. Um, and I could get them to do activities of daily li living that normally I couldn't. And now there's massive research and data to support uh, what you were doing initially. And now we have massive data and research into Alzheimer's and yes. into these um, degenerate diseases. And they also say, like, even having a pet, having a dog or cat extends your life up to 15 years. Well, and also, if you notice, lots of Doctor's office and dental offices have fish tanks, aquariums. Mm. Just watching fish lowers your blood pressure on average 10 points. Oh, my gosh. That's gonna... why they do that. Oh, thank you for telling me that. I'm going to go get a fish tank. <laughs> it does work. It does. Well, and you've brought some friends today. I'm kind of very excited. And you brought the darling Don Jones. Tell me about the darling Don Jones. Oh, I am so spoiled. I stink. He's assisting us today. I... He will be bringing the animals on. He is the love of my life. Aww. He actually helped me. Um, he purchased a small hobby farm in Eaton Rapids okay. um, in July. What's it called? Amazing Acres. I was already running a company called Amazing Animal Training, and we had various sites we were training the animals at, both dogs and farm animals, training them to not only be um, service animals, but therapy animals as well. Don purchased this farm, and now we're able to do all of the training in one location. I love it Don Jones. I do too. We could do a Caribbean wedding. I'll be in it. I look great in red. Okay. I'll talk to him about it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we'll get going on that. So what is the difference between a service animal or a therapy animal? 
Okay, I get asked this a lot, um, and it's so frustrating, too, that people don't understand. Um, a therapy animal... Well, I'll be honest. I would say I would get them confused. Like a when, normal lay person, I would think service animal or therapy animal. So don't be too hard on us little people. Well, there's a few terms um, that throw people off. An emotional support animal, for example. Um, that animal... Um, is not trained to do a specific task necessarily. That animal, just by being that animal, mm -hmm. can calm someone. Like we spoke yes. of people in a nursing home. A service animal, a true service animal, actually um, those animals are supposed to have been trained to be able to pass what's called the good citizen canine test, which means it can be well-behaved in any environment. Um, and the dog is trained specifically to do a task for mm -hmm. someone with a disability. I have a service animal myself. His name is Franklin Roosevelt. He's trained to smell your breath. If my blood sugar's high, he grabs a bag of insulin. If my blood sugar's low, he grabs a blue bag that has snacks in it. If I don't respond to Franklin Roosevelt, the almost 200-pound St. Bernard, he'll push a tap pad that calls guardian alarm. Wow. He also, in the course of being trained as my um, service dog, we had trained him initially as a therapy dog when he saved my life. I told you that story once yes. before. Tell it real quickly yep. for our viewers and yep. listeners because it's crazy he, what this dog did. He was an incredible dog. Um, I kind of shirt tail inherited him at a year old. Um, a young girl gave him to me knowing I specialize in spinal cord injuries and not only people but animals. Franklin had a spinal cord injury. She let her children ride the dog. It's crazy. Mm. With a saddle. That, and that happens quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So yep, for you viewers and listeners, please do not let your toddlers ride these dogs. Their backs are just not made to support that. Anyway, so when I inherited him, I immediately thought I need to fix his back. With the help of my veterinarian and a famous dog trainer, um, we worked on working on Franklin. One of the things we did was we got him a backpack with weights and we weighted him. It was like traction. So the more I could walk him, the better it was for Franklin Roosevelt. So I started to um, put him into training as a therapy dog. He passed with flying colors. We were going to Mott's Children's Hospital, the U of M, the VA in Ann Arbor, all kinds of places. One day I didn't feel well. I'm a nurse. Nurses make the worst patients. They're the worst. I'm living proof. Um, anyway, long story short, I didn't feel well one day. Laid on my living room floor. My sugar was off. That's the last thing I remember. Franklin Roosevelt must have went, tried to awaken me. Couldn't. We could tell by the things that were disarray in the house. Mm -hmm. And he jumped through a screen window and went and got a neighbor down the road. Wow. Neighbor came, saw Franklin out, knew Franklin's never without me, looked in the window, saw me there, called 911. I woke up in the ER. Um, it was at that time that a dog trainer directed me to a trainer here in Michigan that could train Franklin to smell my breath. If he's with me anyway, we thought, why not do that? I'm also a traumatic brain injury survivor. I have balance issues, so we dual trained Franklin. We trained him to be a balanced dog for me as well. I cannot scale any stairs without him, nor would I ever attempt. Wow. So he's trained to help me not only do stairs, he can help someone get up off the ground if they fall. He's trained for you to use his harness, pull up on it, he'll lean the other way and help you up. Franklin now holds four certifications total. He's a therapy dog, a balanced dog, a diabetic dog, and about two years after we were working as a team and he had saved my life, he again reacted bizarre one night, barked in my face and pushed the tap pad, didn't get any bag or anything. Um, I got angry at Franklin and I put the tap pad up on our kitchen table. Because were you confused why this why was happening? Not, not getting any bag or mm -hmm. anything. I thought he was just being rambunctious. So I took the tap, tap pad and put it on my kitchen table. A few mm -hmm. minutes later, he again came over, barked in my face, 
jumped on the kitchen table, pushed the tap pad again, and barked in the air. I again talked to the 911 operator or the guardian alarm operator, and I said, my dog is crazy. We don't drink, but I think he's drinking Mad Dog. There's nothing wrong with me. I took the tap pad away and put it up so high he couldn't reach it. I put him in a downstay. This is the symbol for downstay. It looks like a gun. It works good on Oh, men. I'm watching you. Yeah, but you got to use a real gun to okay. start. Okay. Anyway, so I put him in a downstay. Um, mm -hmm. About seven minutes later, I walked around the corner into my bathroom. Praise God, my youngest was home from college. I had a stroke. Franklin was trying to tell me I was going to have a stroke before I had it. He's now detected over How 11 old? strokes. When was this? This was year, Franklin was three years old when he detected his first stroke. I cannot even believe this. Mm -hmm. This dog is amazing. It's he incredible. Is. Okay, so service versus therapy. Yep, so service dogs are trained to perform a specific task for someone. And that would and be Franklin. Yes, and they're recognized by the ADA, and they get to have all of those rights with the ADA because they're specially trained to be able to be active in every environment. They're allowed in stores. They're trained. If you walk by food with Franklin, he won't look at it. He'll look away. If we were at a restaurant, he'll go under the table and not bag. He's trained to do these specific things. Therapy animals are not. Okay. Therapy animals are. And that's why when we're out in public and someone is out with their service dog, you are not to walk up to them or touch their service dog, correct? Yep. Technically, you're not supposed to pet them at all. It deviates them from the task they have to do. Got it. Got and, it. And that's part of the problem with some of these animals out there in the community is they're not trained at all and they're labeled as, as a service animal and they can not only be disruptive to a business and cause a business to lose money, right. but it can actually be dangerous. Wow. Um, yep. I, and that's why they have the rights to be able to be out in yeah. a Yes. public setting, but and you are not to approach them, correct? No, right. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Is it exciting time now, now Annie? Do we, we bring in our, like a Barker's Beauty, our darling Don to, to, uh, who do no. we have first, Annie? Tell us a little bit who Don will be bringing out. Okay, we actually brought some small therapy animals with us. These are animals um, that we use in different settings where where we need like a quiet setting. We train these animals by imprinting them. Okay. Um, we like to train our animals after famous people that we honor and respect. They become their lifelong guardian is what the theory is, whether they're alive or dead. So we'll first bring out um, Betty Davis. <clears throat> um, we recently adopted Betty Davis. Okay. We try to rescue our animals from environments so that, you know, um, we're actually benefiting them by doing this. So we... Here comes Darlene Don. Thank yeah. you, Don, for we, assisting. We adopted Betty Yay. Davis from a local hay auction. Hi, baby. She's only about not even two pounds. If you okay. want to hold her, she won't hurt you. Oh, I love her. And then I'll show you a little bit more about what imprinting is. Okay. When we imprint an animal, it means that various times a day, not just once a day. Mm. We go in and work with the animals and we touch them all over. I'll okay. give her right back. I'll show you really okay. quickly. I love This her. is what we would do to her. We try to spend at least 15 minutes a few times a oh, day. Like a baby. We roll her over. In this position, normal animals would be squirming because they know they're the most susceptible to be killed in this position. Oh, wow. Do you notice she's not scratching? She's not doing anything. Eventually, um, we train them to do everything and to trust us. Um, we'll be able to hold her upside down. Now, any other animal right now would be squirming. You notice she doesn't. She knows she can trust me. We teach her to be able to touch her ears, her tail. 
her feet. Oh. Look at even her eyes. I asked you to be gentle around her. The thing about Ooh. imprinted animals, the scary thing is, okay. they're trained to allow you to touch them everywhere. Mm -hmm. So we have to be protective of them because they would actually allow someone to hurt them because they're trusting They are you. so trusting. Mm -hmm. so, That's like humans, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. And then you learn, then you get hardened, but... I um, know. But like, these animals are all trained. We even mm. train them under different environments. Like, for example, um, all the animals are trained so that loud noises won't make them jump and run away or anything like that. Franklin Roosevelt is imprinted. You can put your finger in his nose, pull on his tail, pull on his leg, do anything you want, and he will not react to it. Do you see how happy I am right now, Zach? Yeah. Do you see how calm and happy I am. It does because It does. This is just so calming and peaceful. And the baby is so sweet. And, you know, I haven't been around an ant. Like, I've always had animals with my kids, always. And because I'm on the go, I haven't had an animal in a while. And I'm just very happy right now, Annie. Thank you. Well, emotional support animals, and we were talking a little bit about those. Those kind of fall into that weird gray area. It's not really a service animal, um, not really a therapy animal, because they're usually designated for one person. Mm -hmm. Rabbits make great emotional support mm. animals. They lower your blood pressure. They're easy to take care of. They can be house trained um, pretty quickly. Um, and... Tactily to touch them, that's what helps us. So if I were to take Betty Davis home, wink, wink, mm. could Betty Davis run around my house? Betty Davis could. Um, and actually, some of the larger breed rabbits do even better at it. You can kitty box train them. Um, really? We, we recommend those sawdust shaving pellets that you can buy at Tractor Supply, and is, they learn very quickly. Is Betty Davis potty trained with a kitty box. She's mm -hmm. in training right now. The, the biggest problem with bunnies that we have to train them is to not chew on cords. Okay. Um, but that's an easy, um, an easy trick to do. Um, we use a, a solution kind of like bitter apple to, to put it on all the cords in the house in the beginning. When you train a bunny this small and this young that that's a negative taste, it's not going to go after it. It's kind of like they put it in their mind. I tell people this all the time. Elephants in the circus are trained when they're very little with a 50-pound weight, which is mm. so insane. And then when you would go to that same circus elephant 10 years later and you'd see it, it would still be tied to the same weight. It's because the, the animal has put it in its head as to that's the, the cause and effect of that weight is he can't pull on it, but we know he could. Same with these little guys. The sooner we can train them that the cords are not a good thing to chew on because they have a bitter taste, the animal won't go after it. We've been pretty successful. So you have spoke about being in the nursing homes with these animals for several years, but I know that has shifted a little bit. I know you're in the courthouses. They're using therapy animals for young children. Yeah, why they testify. It's an emotional support kind of a thing. Just having the, the dogs there. They've asked Franklin Roosevelt over the years to do that. Franklin, for three summers in a row, um, helped with Northfield Township over near Whitmore Lake. He was a reading dog. Can you hear Franklin? That's yep. his jingle bells. His bells. And now um, he's heading over to us gonna, right now. Yeah, we'll have Darling keep him over. Yeah. We put, we put bells on him so that when I'm at places like a hospital or something, they can hear me coming and I can see by their facial expressions if they're okay with dogs or they're not. So it allows Franklin and I to kind of forewarn people that we're coming. Okay, so is he heading towards us because I have the animals? He's heading toward us probably because you're beautiful. 
Oh, just kidding. But you know, I get that a lot. Roosevelt, a lot of dogs. (laughs) He he probably just wants to interact and see what we're doing. And Franklin is pretty um, intuitive with me, and he's always trying to double check me. Okay, Um, so he's checking on you right mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Okay, and we'll get another. Do you want another animal you can I'm hold? I'm ready. Oh, now, I have to, now I'm now I'm scared, gonna, everyone. Yeah, we're gonna give this to darling. Bye, Betty. Here, Love darling. you, Betty. Darling. Okay, got and a little bit of hair. It's we've okay. got. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm used to hair. <gasps> Some of okay, them don't everyone. Shed quite as much. We are switching. Oops. Oh, hi. There you go, darling. Oh, hi. This is Julia Roberts. Okay. Julia Roberts. We thought she was beautiful. Um, darling, Franklin's over here then. Um, yeah, we'll yeah, just leave him. Yeah, he's good. This Frank, is we've Julia. We're filled she, with animals. See how small she is? She's okay. a beautiful, beautiful little um, chicken. And this breed doesn't get any bigger at all. And her eggs end up to be about... <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. End up to be about this big. Oh, she's talking. About this big. So those people that raise these chickens for eggs, it's kind of funny because it takes about three eggs to, to equal one large egg. So if you were making a cake, for example, you'd have to use three of her eggs. But the nice thing about these chickens are is they're so small and easy to take care of. Well, look at her print. What mm-hmm. kind of chicken is she? She's actually a fancy um, bantam. She and is they don't fancy. get any bigger. We thought we'd name her Julia because she is kind of pretty. She is. I'm going to show you a few things that we do with the chickens that don't hurt them at all. If okay. a chicken were really stressed right now and really agitated, you can easily just flip the chicken over for a moment. It actually relaxes her, believe it or not. She's fine. And we've been imprinting her, too. She's a real young girl. She's beautiful. Um, she yep, is Julia she, Roberts. She is. Um and then we flip her back and see how calm she is. And a good way for people to hold chickens, and I always teach them, put, oh, that's another star we have in another cage you hear, because he's looking for Julia. It's very exciting today. Yes. Hey, if you want to hold her, you just hang on to her right by her feet and she won't fly away. Oh, I noticed by your face, you're very excited about holding the chicken. <laughs> had, had I known, we would have brought many different animals. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> she won't. <laughs> I'll hold the chicken. We use the chicken. Um, I have to say the birds are a favorite among our, our senior gentlemen. We've got birds Oh, such, yes, you mentioned that. Such as pigeons, owl pigeons that have very big eyes that are really neat looking. We've got Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. We've got a parrot that's a little bit shady. We named him Richard Nixon. We've got... We've got a golden pheasant named Abraham Lincoln, and that's a beautiful bird. And a lot of our, our older gentlemen hunted such birds back in the day, so they love it. Why, that's what I was going to ask, why they love the bird so much, but it was from bird hunting in their childhood, mm-hmm. probably. We also have a breed of a chicken at the farm that's a silky. It's got a feather that's really, really soft. It almost feels like fur. Okay. They used to, back in the day when those first came out, you could find them in a circus and they would call them chickens with fur. And it's not fur. It's feathers, but they're just really fluffy. I love them. We've got some of those. I'm going to hand off Julia. Goodbye, so Julia. Nice to meet you. give us another one. Here we go. Okay, this is when the fun begins. Darling, this is, yeah, here comes the fun. This 
is of the same breed, a bantam. So look at how tiny Richard Gere is. Would you have thought he would be so tiny? He's a rooster. He's a little rooster. He's full grown. <laughs> he even crows, but it's small when he crows. The thing I love about him the most is if you look under the studio light, you'll mm -hmm. be able to see he's purple. Oh, wow. And there's blue, and there's actually green. Um, I'm going to do the same thing we did with Julia. We're going to tip him over. Um, Look at him. Um, and then we'll tip him over, and it calms him a little bit. I love him. And he's so sweet. So he says cock-a-doodle-doo? doo doodle doo but he's not real loud because he's not real big. Does he do it early in the morning? Um, that's kind of a myth with roosters. Really? On the rooster, yeah. Sometimes he'll do it just because he's excited. He does often do it in the morning, but overall he does it when he's excited. Is he dating Julia Roberts? Actually, at home, we have Goldie Hawn, oh. and he seems to care for Goldie more. I'm I can just see saying. that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not being partial to blondes, but well, I get it. Yep, and we often have Richard Nixon hitting on Ginger Rogers constantly. <sighs> constantly. You, Richard can't be trusted. Hollywood. I know. I'm telling you. So there was one thing you showed me with Richard mm -hmm. that you put him to sleep. Yes. We oftentimes do this to just kind of educate kids and parents. I love to do it with parents because if they could do it with their children, they mm, would. We would. Or a woman who wants to just go to the mall so I have her husband be asleep for a couple of hours. Right. Um, a thing you can do with birds, especially chickens and pheasants, you can just tuck their little head and it doesn't hurt them right under. Here, just a minute. Let me get a grip I'll on see him. how easy yeah. this no, is. No, no, no. I'm going to tuck him right under his wing because he doesn't have it done very often. Tuck it under their wing like this, and then you just twirl them three times. One, two, three. And the bird will go to sleep. You'll see his feet start to drop, and they are. The reason why this happens is it's actually a neurological event that doesn't hurt them in any way, shape, or form, but it puts them completely asleep. The reason why this came about back in the day when hunters were learning to hunt birds, they would actually do this to a pheasant set it back down in the field, and then clap or make a loud noise, the pheasant would then wake up and take off flying. That's how hunters would practice it's, for it's, bird dogs. It's hypnosis. It is. If I could get sometimes yeah, darling, I was going to say, Zach, hit. come here for a minute, mm -hmm. Zach. We'll wrestle you and get your head under your arm, and I'll twirl you three times. Like you'll, we'll swing them, pray. And then we'll knock them, both these guys just out. Just shake them like this, <gasps> and see, it doesn't hurt him at all. And he has no idea. See, wouldn't it be neat? You come back from the mall, come shake him a little bit, and he's fine. Works perfect. I love it. Annie. Do you want to hold the rooster? No. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much. I oh. always get so excited to have you on the show. I will tell you, thank you to the darling Don Jones, to Amazing Acres and Eaton Rapids. You. Your work and what you do is so special. And I love having you on because you're always so passionate and you always educate us and the viewers and the listeners on how important these service and therapy animals are. And when we think service and therapy animals, I mean, typically we think dogs. I mean, truly. But as you have taught us, I mean, the range is unlimited. There's no bandwidth. There's yes. chickens, there's bunnies, there's pigs, there's dogs, mm -hmm. cats. It's it's everything. Yep. Yeah. And I will also add that it's everything to these patients. Yes. 
Yes, the impact that they make is unbelievable. It is beyond therapeutic. And because of the animals, we, like I said, we try to adopt animals that have a disability or something in their own history that they need us just as much. So it really is give and take. It's well, incredible. You're very special and you're very incredible. How can people get a hold of you? Um, they can actually find us on Facebook. Look under Franklin Roosevelt and they'll see a big St. Bernard. That's a great way to find us. There'll be a link on there shortly for the webpage. Our webpage is down right now. But then they'll be able to find Amazing Acres and learn how to train therapy and service animals. Well, Annie Tokai, I absolutely adore you. Big thank you to Richard Gear. Big thank you to Franklin, Betty Davis, and the darling Don Jones. You guys have been absolutely incredible. And you are a staple on the show, so we will be seeing you soon with new new, new animals. animals. <laughs> thank you so much. And a big thank you to our viewers and listeners. This has been Kaiba Health and Life.